This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. You know, uh, one minister came up with this slogan, Pray First. And, you know, that's really important that we pray in everything that we do. And we are in a series of winning in God. And I'm ministering to you on the power of prayer. And prayer is so powerful. And uh, it's about really connecting to God. And when we connect to God, great things happen. Do you believe that today? And, you know, really the, the main reason why Jesus died on the cross, yes, to get us to heaven, yes, to forgive us of our sins, but really for us to have fellowship with the Father. I mean, that was the key. When Jesus went on that cross and he said, it, was, it is finished, amen, what he was saying was that the law system, that was the Judaism system that was set up through a sacrifice system, you know, through works, is finished. And it's by grace we have a relationship with God. Isn't that amazing? And so it's not by works lest any man boast. Amen? It's by grace. And that's amazing. So some of you might be trying to walk this Christian life out, trying to walk in love. You don't have to try. Just abide in Him. And if you abide in God, it's going to be automatic. So just abide in the vine. Amen? And so today I'm talking to you about a winning in life. It's part of my series, Born to Win. And, uh, and we are, you could actually say, we're reborn to win. Amen. In other words, when we get Jesus in our lives, God wants us winning in every area of our lives. Amen. And we start to win when we receive Jesus. When we make Jesus the captain of our ship, we, when we put Jesus on the throne of our heart, when Jesus is the centerpiece of our life, that's when we begin to win. Amen. And so I like what it says in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, which is a scripture we've been looking at all through the month. And it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So we begin to win by receiving Jesus. But even though that we do receive Jesus, we can have areas in our life that that, that we may need to improve on. Is that right? There's area, in other words, as Christians, we should always be growing. Amen. We should be always learning, growing, and, uh, and bearing fruit. And, you know, that's really, as Christians, we don't want to just stay still. We want to keep moving forward. So, so I'm talking to you about prayer, and we are looking at the Lord's Prayer. And it's a powerful prayer. And, and I'm breaking this down uh, into bite sizes uh, because I believe you can take this prayer. A lot of uh, ministers believe you can take this prayer as well and you can break it down uh, into a pattern. And so I don't know about you, but I like to have a, a, you know, a pattern to pray. Now, I know you can get religious in a pattern and you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I, li- I like something that I can go with and then if there's other things that the Holy Spirit wants to move in my heart to pray about, definitely will flow in that area. But let's look at Matthew 6, 9, and 13. And we know that Jesus' disciples asked Jesus really how to pray. And, uh, and I think that when we learn how to pray and pray right, uh, we're going to see uh, tremendous results 
in our lives and also, I believe, in the lives of the people that we love all around us. So let's look at Matthew 6, 9, and 13. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us uh, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. How many people know that by heart? Glory to God. I know a lot of you probably know that by heart. Praise God. But it's more than just, uh, you know, knowing it by heart. It's actually getting a revelation of who God is when we're praying. Amen. Last week, I'm just going to just uh, just recap just a tiny bit. But last week we talked about just the first stanza of the prayer, Our Father um, uh, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, and I like what, what Jesus was saying. He didn't say my father. He said our father. Amen. So that kind of tells us something that as Christians, uh, we were never meant to run this race by ourselves. In other words, you cannot fulfill your call solo, just you and God. Some people say, I have enough God. I don't need church. I, I don't need the body of believers. No, we got to have the body of believers. You can't run this race just solo. Jesus could not do what he needed to do with, without his 12 disciples. He could not fulfill Jesus. I know this is a strong statement because you say Jesus can do anything. Yes, but he needed the Holy Spirit while he was down here on earth. And he needed people around him. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, and we need the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, and we need people to help us run our race. Isn't that right? And so if Jesus um, uh, had to have 12 disciples, then what about us? Then I, what I would say is we need, we need a church family. We need to be together. We need, and, and as we go through... A trying times, we can support one another, strengthen one another, pray for one another. Amen? In the body. In the body. And so, and so this is very important. we got to get a revelation of that. And uh, I like when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's just look at this just quickly. And, and I'm going to move into uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But, but Jesus came into a place called Gethsemane. This is Matthew 26. 36 to 38, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with his, him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, um, that, that would be John, John and James, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. So we see here that I am talking about prayer here. And uh, Jesus is just, let me just set this up. Jesus is just about ready uh, to uh, get arrested and to go through his crucifixion experience. He knows this and he is burdened. He's burdened with the fact that he's going to the cross. And this is interesting. He needed three of his closest people to be with him at the time of his greatest need. Now think about that. If Jesus needed people to be with him in, in a time of his greatest need, how much more do we need? Yes. Yes. I can drop the mic right now. <laughs> how much more do we need 
people to be around us, that we can be with each other. And what is the enemy trying to do in, in, in this day and age? He wants to try to create division. You know, like I, I preach this all the time. Uh, God is the, 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 the God of addition and multiplication. God likes to multiply us and he likes to add to us, right? But, but the devil is, is the little God of subtraction and division. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the, so the devil wants to subtract, he wants to remove, and he wants to divide, right? And so God wants to add and multiply. Isn't that right? And so, so we're in this, in this group, and we can do much more together than apart. We can accomplish much more together than solo. Amen. I was, I was reading where Jesus, um, he actually water baptized people just like John did. And I don't know if you ever read this, but it said it wasn't Jesus doing the water baptism. It was Jesus' disciples that was water baptizing the people. Jesus, yes, was leading them to that. And then we know that Jesus sent them out by 70s to go witness. Jesus wasn't just knocking on the doors by himself. Amen. So again, look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Amen. Amen. And we need, I need you and I love you. And, and hopefully you need pastor to be able to minister by the leading of the Holy Spirit into your life. I'm going to say this, that I was backsliding out of church years ago. And uh, I, I, I went into church, I got saved, I served in the church, and then I just kind of, kind of, just kind of drifted out of church. I, I didn't get mad at anybody. Sometimes some people that, 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 that come out of church is because the enemy's trying to work in dividing, right? But I just kind of faded out. And, uh, and so, uh, but I can tell you that year and a half that I was out of church, I can tell you I did not grow more godly. I didn't, I didn't get more godliness in my life. I, I actually got more carnality in my life. In other words, worldliness came more greater in my life than godliness. And so I can't say I got better. Matter of fact, my life started falling apart so bad that I said, I've got to get back to God. Has anybody ever been there? That, you know, you, 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 you learn just enough about God and say, ah, that's good, I can go solo. And then the devil starts taking taking shots at us and he starts trying to do things against us and pretty soon I got to get back and then after you know me getting beat up by the devil and losing my house and went through uh, all kinds of misery uh, I I found salvation in church amen In, in the ministry of the word of God that that God loves me and he has a plan for my life and it's better to to get in his plan and his will for my life amen and then ever since then, God's been bringing my life up. And I know that some of you can testify that when you started committing to God and you started putting God first place, God has, has supernaturally raised you up into higher heights. And I talk to members all the time and members are getting their prayers answered and, and, and things are happening. And I mean, it's amazing. The testimonies, we could probably have a whole hour of testimonies of how many good things God is doing when people are in it to win it. Amen. And we're in it to win it. Amen. And so we see that. I like what it says in Hebrews 12, 1. And um, we are running our race. And it says in Hebrews 12, 1. 
Uh, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So when you look at this, what really came out to me um, was, uh, it says, therefore we, talking about us, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, that's a, crowd, that, that's a, that, that's a cloud of witness, that's people that went uh, before us, and, and some say they're in the grandstands cheering us on, right? Because what is, why? Because sometimes we are struggling in our faith. Sometimes it seems hard. Sometimes uh, the pressures of life makes us want to quit. Sometimes things that don't go right makes us want to quit, right? So we, we have a, a cloud of witnesses, you know, I believe, you know, in the grandstands cheering us on, right? And it says, let us lay aside. Now, now notice it says, let us, talking about the body, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, another word, us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Uh, you hear what I'm saying here? Uh, you know, that's a lot of us in, in that scripture. In other words, what I'm trying to say to you is we need to do this thing together. Amen. And when we are running this race together, God will help us move in those gifts and callings that he has for us. So now we're going to focus on another part of the prayer. And it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so let's think about this. God's kingdom is God's rule and rulership. Think about this. It's God's rulership uh, in heaven, first and foremost. But its kingdom is his rulership, you know, on earth. How does God rule on earth? Well, he rules through his church. He rules through you and me. He, he, he rules through, through our prayers. In other words, God gets things done through our prayers and he gets, us, gets things done by us being obedient and witnessing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So he witnesses. So it's a combination. It's not just praying, but it's actually also, uh, you know, ministering the, the, the kingdom of God to people around us. In other words... How can they hear unless there's a preacher? And then and then like some say, well, you know, pastor, you're you're the only one that's supposed to be knocking on doors and inviting people because you got the anointing. No, you have the anointing. You have the grace. Amen. You have the grace to witness and and to reach out to people and to to invite them in. Amen. And 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 to to reveal the goodness and the love of God. Amen. And so that, that's us. And, and so, so it's God's kingdom rule and rulership. And so he governs in four ways. And, and it's number one, it's righteousness. Number two, it's justice. Number three, it's mercy. And number four, it's truth. So the foundation of God's kingdom is righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth. That's amazing. And so when you think about God is a God of righteousness, and I, I, when I pray this prayer, 
I say, Lord, may your kingdom come fully in my life. Your kingdom of righteousness, your kingdom of justice, your kingdom of mercy, your kingdom of truth. May it come fully in my life. May it come fully in my family. May it come fully in the church. May it come fully in our government. See, see, God's righteousness is not the world's righteousness. Um, Can I say that again? God's righteousness. See, the world has a righteousness that is corrupted. There is a right. They believe, you know, in a righteousness based on philosophy. Amen. They believe in in a righteousness. See, God is righteous, which means he's he's just. He's virtuous. He's, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with God. He's righteous. He's perfect. Uh, you know, it's, uh, there's a, a, a Greek word, uh, it's, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Sadiq, means that God's just, innocent, in the right, in the right, devout, and upright. Uh, another uh, word is Sadeka, and it's honesty, justice, and justness. And, you know, so this is God. He's just, in other words, God's always right. And, and if there's a problem in our life, it's not, God's, it's not God's fault. If there's an issue happening, it's not God's fault. If something happened that was a tragedy, it's not God's fault. God's perfect. Every good gift comes from the Father of lights above. So, so God's not causing the misery on this earth. God is a, a he's a, a righteous God. Matter of fact, it was never supposed to be miserable on this earth. If Adam and Eve never ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, see, men are going with the knowledge of good and evil instead of revelation knowledge of God's word. And so we're trying to figure things out. Men are trying to figure things out what's right. And you don't know what's right until you get into the word of God. In other words, God's word will tell you what's right. So, yes, it may sound good to to people of the same sex in a loving, monogamous relationship. What's wrong with that? Well, the Bible says it's wrong. Not me. Don't don't shoot the messenger. I don't I don't have any problem with people, you know, but what's wrong with that? Love is love. Yeah, but 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 it's supposed to be between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. So I have to preach the truth. Amen. If I don't stand on the truth, I'll fall for any lie. So so the Bible is the dividing line. It will divide between lies and truth. And so and so when we study the Bible, then and we believe that God is righteous, which means what he says is right is right. And what he says is wrong is wrong. And so if that's what he says, then we side with God. Somebody somebody once prayed this prayer and they prayed, uh, God, I'm really with you. But really the prayer, the prayer should be, uh, God, are you with me? Yeah, we are with God, but are you with, uh, we're with God, but is God with us? Amen. In other words, is God with us in all our ways? In other words, righteousness is always, if you want to look at righteousness, it's righteousness versus worldliness. See, worldliness is the way the world does things. It's the way they justify things. 
So, so worldliness is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. That's all from the world. Worldliness is pride. Godliness is humility. Right? So, so there is a fight constantly between you walking in humility or walking in pride. There's a, there's a, a struggle a lot of times. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so we need to understand that God is righteous. He, God is just in all he does. God is upright in all his ways. God operates with honesty. God always does the right thing that is appropriate for the moment. Amen. And so if there's an issue and there's a problem, it's not, it's not on God's side. Either, you know, like I, I was going through some trials this week and I just, I, I, I said, either I'm doing some wrong things or I'm doing some right things. <laughs> That's where we got to pray for wisdom. God, if I'm doing all the right things, I'm just being persecuted for righteousness sake. Or am I sowing some bad seed and I'm reaping some bad harvest? Do you know what I'm saying? And then you have to decide, is it, is it just a test that the enemy's trying to do just to see if you're going to, you know, what you're going to do? Because the devil's always testing us. You know, if we judged if Paul was in the will of God um, by all the trials he went, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul went through a lot of trials. And, uh, and, and, and there was people coming in, trying to come into his churches, trying, trying to preach wrong doctrine and teaching, trying to break up his churches. And he was like, he was almost done with it. And, 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 but if we judge, if Paul was in the will of God by the trials he went through, then we would judge wrongly. Like if we're saying it's the, the, you're going through a trial, then you may not be in the will of God. You might be in the perfect will of God when you go through a trial. In other words, it's God may be trying to reveal something in the trial. God's trying to reveal where we're at. You see, you know, there's no true faith in there's, until there's a trial. Until there's a test, you don't know what kind of faith you walk in. Until there's something that hits you square in the face with reality. And I'm talking it could be something very negative. Where are you going to stand at? And we better be standing with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We need to stand with God. That, we need to stand with God. Say, I'm standing with God. No matter what. Amen. And so we, we, we need to stand with God. So God is righteous. And so in our prayers, we want the righteousness of God to rule in our lives. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, so what does that mean? That we want to we make sure that, that when we're in prayer... And, and, of course, I'm going to hit on this, that, that we're, we're in prayer in truth. That when we're praying, that there's no hidden agendas in our prayer life. Like, you can't, like, if you're a married person, you can't be praying for somebody else's spouse. That's just not right. You know, some, you laugh about this, but people get a hold of the faith message. A single lady may say, I like that lady's husband. And I'm going to claim that husband and, and pray that the, that, that the wife dies early. No, you just don't do that. kind. Of, that's not righteous. But there are people that, that misunderstand righteousness. They misunderstand the goodness of God. And we got to be righteous in our prayer. You, are you listening to me today? Are you I know it sounds crazy. That, oh, nobody would ever do that. Uh, think again. People can do that, and they do that, and they're totally off base 
in their praying. We don't pray for somebody's house to get their house so they can go bank. We don't do that. We don't do that. No, no. We, we have righteous prayers. Amen. And so, and so I like this, what it says in Psalms 9, 8. It says, it says here, God rules, he rules, talking about God, the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. Psalms 97, 6 says, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Isaiah eleven five says, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. So we see here that there, there's so many scriptures about righteousness. And what's amazing about God's righteousness, we receive it as a gift. Oh, pre- I'm preaching today. In other words, I'm telling you, we don't have to work for God's righteousness. We don't have to be super good and we need to walk in some goodness. But we receive righteousness because it's a free gift because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the sacrifices, Jesus We have righteousness. That means we have right standing in God. That means that the Bible says that that if you want your prayers to be powerful, and it says the righteous prayers, uh, the uh, the prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous uh, power available in our lives. And you may say, I'm not a right. You are a righteous person. If you, if you receive Jesus, you got the blood of Jesus. And it's not based on some of your misses or some of your weaknesses. Or, you know, because nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes at times. But thank God, it's based on us believing the blood. The shed blood of Jesus Christ puts me in righteous, right, right standing with God. So we can come to God in prayer and we can come without a sense of inferiority or without a sense of shame. That should not be in our makeup. That's why we should be happy, happy, happy. I remember I was down one time and uh, because I was going through something and, and somebody said to me, hey, man, you need to get up. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, yeah. You escape the judgment of God. <laughs> you are on the weird way to heaven. Don't let these little things get you down. This is the day Lord has made. Rejoice. Don't let these little things, and sometimes, yes, they can be big things, but don't allow them to, 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 to uh, mess up your faith. God is the God of justice. You know, in Psalms 98, 9, it says, For he's coming to judge the earth with righteousness, and he shall judge the world and all the peoples with equity. Amen? I love that because God is a God of justice. What does that mean? That means that God is just and right, and he's going to make things right in our lives. Amen? In other words, there's going to be things that are going to be unjust that's going to happen to us at times. And, and there's going to be things that people may do or say that may not be right or may be unjust, but God will bring justice into those situations. You believe that today? And so God is a God of justice. In other words, whatever the enemy was trying to do to destroy us, God's going to turn it around for our benefit. In other words, whatever the injustice that, that the enemy's trying to put on us, um, God's going to turn around. Think about this. You know, when Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, these three Hebrew kids that was, uh, was under, you know, slavery in a sense, but they were ruling uh, under King Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, and King Nebuchadnezzar made that statue. Remember that? 
And he said, you got to bow to this. You know, there's a lot of people bowing to the statue of gold and statue of fame and, you know, um, Christian, they're Christian artists, people that used to be in the church and then they go secular, you know, and they don't serve God. They don't really give God glory. Right. And they have all these abilities. They started out uh, singing in church and then they become these powerful people in the world and you don't even hear about God anymore. Right. And so and so and so and so God is a God of justice and, and, and God is going to make things right. Um, and so we, we know this story about about the three Hebrew kids. They would not bow to the resurrected gold statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, if you don't bow, you burn. And so and so really they had to follow God. They, they would they weren't willing to bow down. And so we know, you know, the story that the king said, "Okay, you don't bow, you will burn. And the king gave them another chance right there at the fiery furnace. You got one more chance. The king didn't want to put them in there. And you got one more chance to bow. And they said, we're not going to bow. And even if 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 you throw God's going to deliver us from this. And even if he doesn't, we still won't bow. Either God's going to deliver us from it or God's going to deliver us through it. But he's going to deliver us. And so we know that when they went into that, they got thrown into the fiery furnace. You know, the king saw actually three people went in, saw four people in the fiery furnace. So when we're standing in righteousness and we're standing in truth and, and, and the enemy's trying to, you know, do things to destroy us. When we're walking in that truth, Jesus is going to be in that fiery furnace with us. Mm. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Jesus is there with us in whatever fiery furnace that the enemy's trying to put you into. Jesus is our vindicator. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our deliverer. You got to believe that. The enemy which is going to try to make you think you're all alone. You're not all alone in your plight. No, no. There's a whole host of of he, uh, people in heaven cheering us on. There's, there's the church. I'm praying for you guys. Amen. No, we're standing with you. No, no, you're not alone in your plight. And so remember what King never said? And the fourth person looks like the son of God. And he was. And they came out without the smell of smoke. And what happened? They got vindicated. You know what happened to them? Uh, they got promoted. And then then King Nebuchadnezzar says, says, uh, let everybody know, anybody that doesn't bow to their God will go into the fiery furnace. So what happened? What happened in that situation? Well, they got vindicated. The the enemy was trying to destroy them while they were walking in righteousness and and justice, right? And and, and they got vindicated. I'm going to say this, uh, just wait, vindication's coming. Amen. You know, and uh, and God can vindicate us. God can God can do that. Amen. And we got to believe that, you know, that the, the third key to his kingdom is his mercy. And in prayer, you know, I, I'm saying, God, I want your kingdom to rule in my life. I want your kingdom of righteousness and justice and mercy and truth to reign in my life today. You know, I want it to reign in my wife's life today. I want it to reign in my children's life today. I want it to reign in the congregation of Exceed Life Church today. Why? Because if that's reigning in our lives, we're going to be walking in the fullness of what God has for us. We're going to be walking in the fullness of our calling. 
we're going to be, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because what the enemy's trying to do is corrupt these, these keys in our life. Get us walking out of what's right and get, get a, keep us from doing what's just. And, and, then, and then the mercy part of it. You know, we got we to still maintain mercy in our lives. Amen. We got to maintain mercy. It's not easy at times. And, and, you know, and that's where we, you know, we have the love of God, the Bible says, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we have to exercise mercy. Amen. In other words, we have to make allowances sometimes for other people's weaknesses. The Bible says that we need to bear with one another. Why is that? Because we're, we're all trying to make it through this. We're all running this race. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm a flawed man. I'm not perfect. I, I, you know, I was admitting that I made a mistake Wednesday. You know, I said I got mad at my wife and, you know, I got angry with her. Yeah, sometimes I get angry. And I said, I, but I bought her flowers and thank God. <laughs> thank God for roses. Amen. And, uh, and, 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 you know, thank God. You know, I mean, sometimes that will help. Men, listen up. It, it, will, it, it, it will help. Amen. Uh, it, you know, it was, you know, I've been talking about sacrifices on, on, on Wednesdays in the book of Hebrews. And one of the sacrifices is a peace offering. So I brought a peace offering. It's back there, right there. Amen. Did it make it right? Okay, she puts her thumbs up. Okay. It made it right. So, so we're talking about mercy here. And I love this because in our prayer time, we got to think that God is a God of mercy. What, what does that mean is that God is so merciful, you may see somebody doing a lot of wrong things. God's grace is so big, God will give you room, right, to do your own thing, and he'll give you room uh, because he really wants you in his kingdom, and, and he's, 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 he's waiting on us. And so he's not looking to judge us. He's not looking to drop the hammer on us. In other words, as, as people that's not walking with God, we still can have some good days. In other words, because the Bible says God's grace reigns on the just and the unjust. So his mercy's there. And I love that. And so we got to keep that mercy in us um, because that is a key and a foundational truth of, of God. And in Psalms 86, 15, it says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth. So we see that. And then we know this because we're, you know, back this up. God is a, a just God, so he's just. And what, what that means is that, that God has to, uh, he has to judge sin. He has to judge the world. He has to judge it because it's, it's part of who God is. He's just. Things have to be set right. Judgment brings things right. He's a just God, right? And so, 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 so God has to, he has to judge sin, sin. And he did, in a sense, he judged it, but mankind's sin by putting Jesus on the cross. So he judged it already. So those of us, you guys, us that have received Christ, now we moved out of that judgment of hell and now we have the judgment of heaven. That's wonderful news. Our name's written in the land's book of life. And, you know, I'm hoping and I'm praying that our name is, is, is getting brighter and brighter in the book. So, some say that when we're kind of far away from God, our name may start fading and starts getting. Some say that. I don't know if there's any truth to that, 
But, uh, but, but they say when you're closer to God, your name is bright in the book. I, I don't know if that's true, but I, I, I like that idea, and I want to be as close to God. I want my name to be bright. Like when, 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 when the books are being opened, whoo, man, it's blinding. Your name is blinding. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and, and that's, that's where I want, want it to be. Now, in James 2.13, it says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. And so we know this, that, that if we want the mercies of God in our life and in our family, we need to really show mercy to people. Amen? We, we need to be merciful, and I'm working on it. Amen? Um, and, then, and then number four, truth. And, 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 and this is key because, because God is true. You know, um, some people think that the Bible is a book of fairy tales, or the Bible was written by men to control people. Some people believe this thought that, that the Bible is not a special book. It is. It is a special book. And there's many people that try to destroy the validity of the Bible. But the Bible is a special book and, and nobody can destroy it. it, it it's, it's God's book. You know, the Bible is, the, is still the number one best-selling book in the world. Still, it's on the bestsellers list. Most people are like, Really? Yeah, really. People buy Bibles all the time, and some of us smuggle it into countries that don't want the Bible. <laughs> we, yes, are you saying go against the government? Yes, if they're trying to keep them from getting Jesus. In other words, you're getting the, the truth of the Word of God, and sometimes you've got to stand against, you know, uh, cronyism. You've got to stand against the government that will try to control you and keep you from being all that God wants you to be. And so sometimes we might need to take a trip and smuggle some Bibles in North Korea. How many people want to go with me? Amen. How many people are going to... Tony, is that you? No. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's an adventurous man. Amen. And uh, he said, Pastor, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be behind you way behind you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, but praise God. But God is amazing. And I think if we did a trip like that, we just pray for for boldness. You know, that's one of the things that I pray for is, is for boldness, because we're not sometimes we're not bold like we need to be bold. Sometimes we don't stand on the truth like we need to stand on the truth. Sometimes we waffle in our faith. And we need to be people of character and honor. So, so truth is the key. And I like this in Psalms 33, 4 and 5. It says, the word of the Lord is right. All his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. Now, notice that these keys are right here in the psalm. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord. So just this whole psalm kind of hits on all the keys. You know, the Lord is right. Uh, in, in other words, he's truthful. His work is, is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his goodness or his mercy. Amen. Uh, Psalms 89, 34 and 35. My covenant I will not break, nor I alter the word that has gone out of my mouth, um, out of my lips. Once I have sworn my, by my holiness, I will not lie to David. So, so what God is saying is God is a God that cannot lie. And so that means that God cannot lie and he's true to his covenant promises. And I'm going to say this to you. His covenant promise, I'm standing that me and my household will be saved. I'm standing on his covenant promise that, that God promised me long life. 
I'm standing on his covenant promise. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I'm standing on his covenant promise that, that, that we have not, you know, David said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. In other words, God is our provider. I, I'm standing on his promises no matter what it looks like in my life. And it may look contrary in your life. It may look like it's not, it's not happening. You're, it's, it may look worse. And, and you're praying and, and, and the circumstances saying it's not happening. And, 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 and the reports are, are saying it, it's not true. But I'm going to go with God's truth over natural truth. I'm going to go with God's truth and I'm going to believe God over the natural I'm not saying deny the natural, but I'm saying deny its right to be in your life if it's contrary to the truth of God's word. Amen. In other words, you know, I'm getting on my preaching again. By Jesus' stripes, you're not going to get healed. You are healed. You put your faith in the now. Amen. A Hebrews 6, 17. I'm, and I'm closing down. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled to, for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And then he goes on to say that that's the anchor of our soul. So, so what, what, is, uh, what is it saying in, in Hebrews? His promises uh, uh, is... Is, is backed up by his character. And his character is his righteousness. His ju- God is righteous. He's just. Amen. He's merciful and he's truthful. And he cannot lie. And when we stand on his word, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are saying. We can believe it and it will come to pass. So when I'm praying these prayers and I'm praying, you know, thy kingdom come on earth as is is in heaven. You know, I guess you could say my fourth key is when you think about heaven, when you think about heaven, what is heaven? Heaven's all about unity with God and unity with people. Everybody's in unity. Remember when I said uh, in, in my in my preachings that that we're called to bring people to God so they can have unity with the Father through Jesus, right? So they, so we're called to, we're ambassadors of God, amen? And we're called to bring people in right relationship with God. And when we're in right relationship with God, then we'll be right, and then we get in church and we're in right alignment with, with the body, then, then we're going to be seeing the glory of God in our lives. Right relationship with God, right relationship in the body, we're going to see the glory, do you believe that today? That's why the Bible says, I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. I do pray, the Bible says that we need to pray for the unity of the body. In other words, there's, there's different denominations that, that, that think a lot of different ways. And you're like, well, how come there's so many denominations? Because, because men get in there and, and they have their ideas. And, and so they want their, their denomination to go a certain way and, and all that. And, and then you got somebody else that has a different idea. And, and we should all have the foundational truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. We should have that foundational truth. That should be the bedrock of all our believing. But there, there's little belief. Some don't believe that healing's for today. Well, thank God you're in a church that does. 
Some doesn't believe that there's, there's miracles. Uh, you're in a church that believes in miracles. So, some doesn't believe that God prospers you today. Well, well, this pastor believes that God wants you to prosper. That you don't have to suffer poverty and take a vow of poverty for the kingdom of God. I, I'd rather take a vow of prosperity. Why is that? So I can fund the kingdom. So I can help people. So we can build some churches. So that we can help missions. So we can build the kingdom of God. I think, I think it's a greater witness to use our finances to bless the kingdom than just to be, oh, I'm just, you know, I just have just enough. Me, my four, and us four, no more. No, no, we need more than enough to, to be able to build the kingdom because Jesus is coming back. And Jesus is coming back soon. And I'm telling you, this church will, is filling up, glory to God. And pretty soon, we're going to be looking for a bigger place. We're either going to be expanding here or we're going to be looking for a larger place. And because I'm praying, and, and man, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm praying every day for the harvest. I'm praying that every day that God's moving, and first and foremost, the harvest is our family members. The harvest is our relatives. The harvest is our co-workers. I'm praying for you guys that, that the harvest, that your families are coming in. Glory to God. I'm believing that, and I'm seeing it. Yes. I'm seeing it. For real. <laughs> not just, it's not just a preaching thing. Amen. I'm seeing, I, I, I see a family here that's here, and they're, they're related to Shirley, and good to have you out here today, amen, and God bless you, and, uh, but God is building the church. You know, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor to build it, build it in vain. And I'm telling you, this is my, I'm called to exceed life, just like you're called to exceed life, and I'm called to support it. Yes, I may be a pastor, but I'm still called to this church. I'm called to this area. And you, if you're here, you're called to this church. And we're all called. Sometimes I feel like quitting. Can I, be a, uh, can I admit it? Sometimes I feel like giving up. Sometimes I feel like jumping on my Harley and, and, and riding to Mexico. Amen. But I don't have a Harley and I can't even, I can't even, I can't even ride a moped. But... Uh, that's a whole nother story. And uh, I, I broke my ankle dri- test driving a moped with Thomas. And so, and Thomas and, and my wife won't even let me on, on, a, on a moped. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, uh, praise God. And I found out James. And he, where's James at? James right there. He used to ride a motorcycle. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Amen. I thought, you know, but I said, yeah, I might have to take some lessons from James. He said it didn't have a lot of power to it, though, you know, going up the hills. But, but what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that God is bringing Exceed Life Church into greater places. I believe that as we stand with God, as we stand with each other, and as we pray for one another and lift one another up, we're going to see, I'm telling you, we're going to see the greatest move of God, bar none, in this area. I believe it. And I'm telling you, Exceed Life Church is raising up God-fearing people, God-loving people that will do the works of Jesus in the last days, that will not bow to any statue of gold or fame, that will stand in the righteousness that they have, will stand in, 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 in truth and in mercy, and will stand in, 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 in justice and all the attributes of God. Did you receive it today? I believe you received it today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, 
We honor you today, and I thank you for these precious people today. Thank you, Father God, for the visitors today, and for those that are watching online, and perhaps those that are visiting online for the first time. And right now, today, the Bible says it's a day of salvation. Today is a day that you take a step forward to move closer to God. And, and, and if that's you today, you, you feel God drawing your heart, uh, then, then I want to, to lead you in a prayer that will put God in the driver's seat. And, and, and just pray this simple, humble prayer. And I believe that will get you moving in a, for, in a place of, of winning in this life. Just say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Heavenly Father, fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.